Cap League. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cap League. I'm your host, Max Patillo. Back again, another week in the NFL. Man, week six. What a week it was. I mean, what a way to cap off this week with just a couple great games. You got Seahawks and Steelers going down to the wire overtime. And you had last night the Bills and Titans was just an epic game. And what an ending. Uh, It's been a great season so far. I'm looking forward to how it all shakes out. A lot of moving pieces. Nothing's for certain. Every team's still in it. I mean, except for maybe the Lions and the Giants. Um, But even then, I mean, you know, there's some teams in there that, you know, the Jaguars seem to be improving a little bit, but they did play the Dolphins, so it's, it's hard to gauge. But, hey, I mean, there's a lot of surprises. A lot of things I've been wrong about so far. But, hey, we always say you, you kind of got to stick with your opinions because it's a lot of times it's just delayed gratification. That's one thing I've learned over the years. Don't go back and forth because you just wait because you know that a lot of these teams and your predictions and whatnot, it usually does come to fruition. You can see you know, the last two teams standing in the Super Bowl are usually the teams you pretty much expected. You know, Last year we had the – the Chiefs and and Bucks and I think a lot of people you know pretty much thought that. So in the end, we end up. It really just matters, not really who makes the playoffs because there's a lot of terrible divisions out there. There's a lot of teams with very easy schedules, but once you get to the playoffs and you start playing good teams, that's when we really see how these teams stack up what matters on the field. We get so much more useful data from playoff matchups. And we don't really know who those playoff teams are going to be yet. So even though good teams or so-called good teams might play each other right now, um, you don't necessarily know that that's going to be who's in there in the in the end. And winning in the playoffs, especially now that four teams get, 14 teams get to go, that's all that really matters. So a lot of these teams that I predicted wouldn't be as good that are, we'll see in the playoffs and uh, we'll, we'll really judge it then. And I'll be the first to say if I'm wrong about them. Um, but going forward, we're just learning more and more and, and it's, it's fun. And my game picks, I went six and eight this week. So my overall records, 20, 24 and 22 um, through three weeks of doing it. So I don't know. It's tougher than I thought, but we'll we'll see how it goes going forward. And I'll go over that uh, towards the end of the episode. I wanted to touch on since last week we, you know, we did the it doesn't pay to pay segment. And this week I wanted to follow that up with sort of the psychology of running a team. A lot of different people running it just like any organization, any business. And you have, it's unusual because a lot of people can own teams and therefore run and be the, basically the the final decision maker and not know anything about um, football 
or about winning football. And you, you can see that basically with the teams who have been bad um, or just have not competed really uh, for decades, you know. Um, so, you, you know, the Detroit Lions, there's really no excuse for how bad they've been. Uh, and there, there's there has to be some sort of mechanism that's allowing that's not helping them. The Browns are just starting to maybe get decent, but they're even faltering now a little bit, it seems. But they've been terrible forever. You know, um, the Cowboys would fall into that category. Just uh, mismanagement, you know, basically 25 years of mediocre to below average football. Um, there's been a lot of teams with really some highs and lows, mostly lows. And in the NFL, you can just see a lot of these teams go down, but they're not down for long. And it, it, it's pretty easy to get good very quickly. And you really should be able to do it with the way the system is. And so why, why aren't they, why aren't certain teams able to get good and a lot of it is the final decision makers which is usually the owners and if they don't they're going to ultimately have the final say and they're going to overrule their people a lot of times especially in the bad organizations um and so you can see a lot of different people in charge there might be some gms that are suspect along with coaches and scouting staff and it's all a collective into trying to win and you might have a great gm but if he's overruled by a egotistical owner um it's all for naught and it's the the best teams we've seen in history are the ones who if their owner doesn't know or isn't an expert in football and decision-making personnel, decision-making. Uh, he lets he, the guys who do that he's hired and delegate towards personnel decisions. And I think from what we've seen a lot is when it comes to paying players that there, there's been a big market shift into a lot of overvalue uh, for certain positions and it leads to destruction. And uh, we're, we're seeing that with a lot of teams and we're seeing it with um, the overpayment of, of certain players. And, the, and basically the three positions are quarterback, wide receiver and, and running back. And so why, what's the psychology? Why are teams, afraid to move off and we can specifically talk about quarterbacks. That's the biggest, um, it's going to move the needle the most for teams to save money and allocate money better. And it's been a pretty easy predictor. You can, we'll go through and look at some of the history and different results. And it's pretty easy to see like who's going to be good and who's going to falter. Um, based on how they've paid their quarterback pretty much. And because if they did or did not pay their quarterback, um, you can see a thinning of the roster, a deterioration of it. 
or you can see a roster that's been bolstered so much by having excess money. Um, and so we'll look at all those, all those data points, but you know, one of the things that owners, they own and, and they really want to make money. And in the NFL, it's just such a incredible, everyone loves it. Even the bad teams still follow their teams closely. And it, that's just extremely rare um, in all of sports. It, it's the juggernaut basically in, in all of, in all of entertainment. Um, it has the most eyeballs um, every week comparatively to, to anything else by a long shot. The NFL is king and not just in sports, but in, in all of media. Um, and so those are big TV deals. And, you know, like a team like Dallas, they have the most eyeballs of anyone and they really have never achieved anything in since 1995. And so you don't have to be good um, to get ratings and to get big money deals and to your brand. It's not about winning necessarily for these teams. And so these owners come in and they're rich and they've got money and they want to build more wealth. And so what, what's going to build the most wealth? Is it going to be winning a Super Bowl or having a great team? Or is it going to be having the electric quarterback or the star quarterback? And yes, you can pay him a lot of money and it might ruin the rest of your roster, but you're going to have this star quarterback. You're going to get the primetime games. You're going to get a lot of hype, uh, but you're probably not going to win the Super Bowl. So the incentive is really driven towards uh, keeping fans happy or keeping the stars aligned. And the, the league has catered to that. They know that offense is what sells. That's what most people want to watch is great offense. They literally change the rules to favor offense. We've seen an offensive explosion, not because the players are better or more skilled. It's just because these defenses are hamstrung at every, on every play. They can't touch players. And when they do hit them, they have to be careful. And it's, it's impossible to play defense nowadays. That's one of the biggest reasons you don't see any more great, great defenses. It's, it's over. That's, they're just playing prevent, basically. So you have this offensive explosion because of the rules. Can't touch quarterbacks. Can't inflict any kind of pain or, or, or make it scary for offenses to play wide open. And now they are. They can play spread. They can have five wide receivers out there. They don't have as don't need to have as much blocking. And they can just let it rip. And the quarterback knows if he does take a hit, it's not going to be a big one because a big hit would be illegal. And it's ruined a lot of defense. But it's catered to uh, lots of points. We've had record points, of course. And, and that's what sells. Um, so it's not really geared towards incentivizing winning it's really geared towards incentivizing money and i think a lot of owners and gms they don't want to upset fans and a lot of them cater to fans you can see the pressure build especially in big cities um, new york is notorious for that la has a lot of that 
decisions in all all across the sports decisions based based on what guys are saying on talk radio and you can see the pressure and it literally leads to decisions which is just mind-blowing that any gm would make a decision off a, a fan's census but these guys are humans and they're they're susceptible to it and they're vulnerable uh for fan opinion it's just human nature they listen to this stuff too and if you can't block it out you're going to be persuaded by stuff that's ridiculous and a lot of that is keeping a a a guy who's uh maybe a fan favorite and paying him big money even though uh, he's on his downturn or that that's too much money allocated to them and so when you could disperse that money in better ways um that becomes a problem. And so quarterbacks have, have gotten way too much um, just based on whose time it is. And I think that owners succumb to, they don't want to lose fans interest. Maybe if they were to get rid of a, a Jimmy G or a, 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 a Dak or moving off of an Aaron Rodgers too early or, um, you know, Tom Brady moving on. Um, and so it, it's not easy, but I think when it comes to fans, fans think that they love players. And I, I, of course, I've loved a lot of players in my time as a Seahawks fan. Totally. No question. I still do love those players. It doesn't change for me. Um, but I've realized Maybe this is just me, but I think it's across the board that fans don't really love players. Fans love winning. That's what they care about most. That's why we have this show, because we want our teams to win. And this is how we as fans, or at least me and, and our team at Cap League, we think this is how teams should win, because that's all we really want. And Yes, you're going to have star players on winning teams and that's great and you can learn you can learn about them, learn their personalities, see how they are as people and and that's that's really fun to see all those different guys. But you can better look at it as a college team. And college teams are just as fun, but it's a revolving door of players. You're never going to have a player more than 4 years. And that's basically what the NFL, the best rosters do, is they constantly have a churn rate and guys come in and out and you're either good at picking great players or you're not. And you can keep guys cheap that way and it's just way more efficient. And fans are going to love your the team, no matter who's playing, as long as they're winning. They'll root for anybody. Um, and so it, it, it like a lot of owners, if they're making decisions based on star players and star quality, you're much better off just winning and making sure you win. Now, I, my, my whole philosophy is I will pay great players that I'm fine with that. You know, for the past couple years, I've been saying basically that Mahomes and Russell Wilson are the ones who really are worth 
those dollars at quarterback position. But now I'm starting to change a little bit um, as I see what's happening to those rosters. But, you know, you could add Aaron Rodgers maybe to that list right on the borderline. Tom Brady, to me, I wouldn't pay him $45 million a year. But $25 million a year? Absolutely. Well, then he's going to probably win Super Bowls because of that. And that's what he's done. And so it's not about, I don't think a guy's good. Like, I think Dak is a good, he's playing great right now. Now, he's not playing great teams yet, but he's playing well, and they're winning, and that's great. But you're going to see their roster deteriorate, and you're going to see him not be able to carry the load. But if he has great players around him, absolutely Dak could win a Super Bowl. Well, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that exact. He has had great players around him before and didn't win anything. But the, I do think he's gotten better over the years. So now if he had great players around him, uh, yeah, if their offensive line and defensive line were a little bit better, yes, uh, he probably could dominate uh, many other teams. Um, so it's not that he's bad. It's just that he's not worth that dollar amount. And you can see that their line is slowly deteriorating. Their defense, you know, we'll see about them. They're, they're better with Dan Quinn at defensive coordinator. But once they start playing good teams, they're not going to beat the, the really good teams in the NFL. And that's always been the case. And that's a team that I know they could, I mean, they could only, they could finish the season with only a couple losses. And it won't matter because they're not going to beat teams in the playoffs. And I could be wrong about that, but that's what I believe. When they play the good teams, they won't compete. That's how it's always been for Dallas. Um, and so over the years, their roster will deteriorate even more. How are they going to get better when they're paying Dak that much? He'll have to take a pay cut or something. And so it's, you know, people ask me, like, don't, don't you want to, if you were a GM, like, why uh, would you, would you pay any, it doesn't sound like you would pay anybody. You have to pay somebody. And of course, like I, I am about paying guys who deserve it, who, 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 uh, the market says are valuable, not, not just, um, you know, the, the quarterbacks are, are a position of abundance. They're, they're everywhere. And you, you can't pay good players, great money. The QB market is vast. It's a it's a position of plenty. It's they're they're a replaceable position now, um, and so QBs coming in, they're all good. They're all working. Um, you can see young guys plug in right away, and they're just fine. They're great, and and they just get better and better. And so, if that's the case, why would you? pay a guy gigantic money that's going to level a playing field when you play a younger guy. And so it's, it's really a simple equation and there are certain positions of scarcity. It was like there, there's hardly any good cornerbacks anymore. So if you get your hands on one of those, you keep them. Uh, I'm very happy to pay corners. Jalen Ramsey. Absolutely. Let's do it. Um, Darius Slay on the Eagles, great. That's fine. Pay him. Those guys. That's a position that's hard to replace. It's hard to find good ones. 
So you keep them. Pass rushers can never have enough. Pay those guys. You get after the quarterback, you're going to win. Offensive linemen, same thing. Protect the quarterback, you're going to win. Those are the positions of scarcity. That's where the money needs to be allocated. Um, most, you know, play uh, the, the the three positions basically that are the highest paid, which are um, quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. That's where all the money is being allocated. But those are positions of of plenty. And yes, they're flashy positions, and a lot there's a lot of stars. But most teams now have at least two excellent wide receivers. I mean, there's there's so many wide receivers, and they come in. Look at Jamar Chase on the Bengals. He he could be one of the best receivers in the game already. He's a rookie, and so um, they just you can plug and play him. There's no reason you need to pay those guys. Just replace them with with cheaper guys, and they don't even have to be as good. But because they're cheaper, you can allocate that money. And you'll elevate them just by dispersing the money better. Look at running back. Most teams have great, great running backs, like multiple running backs. Plug in, they, they just come right off the bench and they play. It doesn't matter, injuries, whatever. Look at Alex Collins on the Seahawks this last week. He's their fourth string running back. And he just ran all over a really good Steelers defense. And it's their fourth string running back. And he's great. He's a great player. So running back, wide receiver, those are positions of, of there's abundance. So you don't need to pay one guy. Just replace them. Draft another one. They'll be good. The, the game is literally designed for them to, to do well. And so you, you know, if I was a GM, my, my locker room, they wouldn't be worried about getting rewarded because I would always have money to disperse because I would allocate to 19 of the 22 positions rather than how many teams are doing it right now, which is allocating their money to three out of the 22 positions. And that being quarterback, running back and wide receiver, those guys get all the money. Those guys are so easy to replace. So you allocate to the 19 other positions and you can replace and have a revolving door on those other three positions and you'll do great. I mean, you can build up that roster all the way across the board with all that money. Um, great players would be highly rewarded on our team uh, based on how hard they would be to replace. And the way I see it now, I mean, yes, it's great to have a great quarterback. They can make up for a lot of problems, but they better make, but they better be able to make make good on all your problems because you're going to have a lot once you pay a guy, you know, upwards of $40 million a year. And so it's just an equation. It's simple. And, you know, I look at, you know, past results we can go through. I mean, Super Bowl matchups of the past. It's, it's really just simple data. I mean, you, you've got Tampa and Kansas city last year. Um, Tampa was built. Obviously, we talked about that. They have a, a $25 million quarterback. That's a good um, allocation for Tom Brady, of course. Um, and they were built off Jameis Winston's rookie contract. Kansas City, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. 
was on his rookie contract and they have all that money dispersed to get, you know, Tyron Matthew, great offensive lineman. Um, they can keep Travis Kelsey. They can keep Tyreek Hill. They can get Sammy Watkins. They can get all these great wide receivers. They can get Chris Jones. They can go out and get Frank Clark, D Ford, whatever, pass rush, everything. All because they had that money to spend. And they built up that roster. They made it to two Super Bowls in a row with it. San Francisco was against Kansas City the, the year before that. Jimmy G. Um, they were able, they were awful for a while. They built up that roster, had a lot of, um, basically their whole defensive line was first round picks other side of the ball, first round picks and uh, offensive line as well. And then they did acquire Jimmy G and, and paid him too much money. So you've seen their deterioration over these last couple years. But at that time when they made the Super Bowl, they were, they were built off a, a cheap quarterback contract earlier from being awful. And, um, you know, you had new England and Rams the year before that easy Tom Brady again, you know, his, these takes pay cuts and Jared Goff, who was on his rookie deal the year before that Eagles, new England, one of the best examples. You had Nick Foles beat Tom Brady, uh, in a super bowl. I mean, it, what more evidence do you need of, of that? Uh, Carson Wentz, led the Eagles that year to the number one seed. He was on his rookie deal. They could afford Carson or um, Nick Foles as backup. Well, how could they afford that? Well, because they weren't paying Wentz anything. So they had a good backup. He made seven times as much as um, Carson Wentz was being paid. That paid off, obviously. Uh, let's go even further. Let's go New England, Atlanta. Okay, Tom Brady, again, great example. Atlanta... If if Matt Ryan would have won that, he would have been the highest paid um, to do it. So that one doesn't really hold up to the scrutiny. Matt Ryan was a high percentage of cap. Before that, Denver, Carolina, you had Denver allocated because they had Tim Tebow for a couple years, built it up, were able to get Manning. Yes, he was highly paid. He has the highest percentage. But obviously, it was that defense that won them that game. Uh, the year before was Seahawks and Denver, and Denver was destroyed. Um, they had all their money going to wide receivers and and uh, and uh, Peyton Manning. And uh, the Seahawks, of course, Russell Wilson on his rookie deal. That was in his second year of his career, and you had the Legion of Boom and, and all those great players on that team, many, many Hall of Famers. Um, and then you go back. Uh, well, that was New England and Seattle, and then Seattle and Denver. Um, you can go to uh, Baltimore and San Francisco. Same thing. You had Joe Flacco, who was on his rookie contract. You had Colin Kaepernick, who was on his rookie contract. Year before that was uh, Giants with Eli and Patriots. Um, Green Bay beat Pittsburgh. You had um, uh, Aaron Rodgers was on his rookie contract. So uh, the data is out there. It's it's very simple, and you don't have to pay your quarterback. Um, you can let them go, replace them, and you can you can just look at look at even the standings 
right now, you've got just, I mean, to start this season, you know, we've had uh, six weeks of football and we could, you know, we predicted, you know, a year ago that the Cardinals were going to be a team to watch out for because they've got money to spend. They're six and L. Um, now the Rams, they're, they're still solid. They look good. We don't know how good Stafford will be in the end, but they have paid big for, for their quarterbacks, paying for Goff, paying for Stafford. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, Packers still with Aaron Rodgers, they're doing well. Um, Dallas is, is five and one. And like I said, they just paid Dak. So that's going to take a year or two to, to really deteriorate that, that team. And we'll see how they do in the end. Um, Tampa Bay's five and one quarterback on a, on a good contract. Um, Tennessee, Tannehill's not too expensive. They are paying Derrick Henry a lot. Uh, Buffalo, they just paid Josh Allen. And so they, that'll take a couple years to, to, to hurt their roster. Lamar Jackson's five and one. Obviously he's on a rookie contract, still got a great team. Bengals playing well, Joe Burrow's rookie contract. Chargers are four and two with uh, Herbert and um, and his rookie deal. So it's kind of a blend as far as the division leaders so far. We'll see how it goes in the future as these younger quarterbacks do better and better. I mean, you can see these young guys are 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 playing well and they're going to get better and better. And so, you know, future teams to look out for. I mean, you can look towards the Cardinals. They're still going to have money. They might pay Murray after this season. They probably will. Um, and we'll see how they allocate the money after that. So we're looking at another couple of years of the Cardinals probably having a lot of flexibility. But they've earned that because they went with a rookie quarterback. Um, Eagles, I look for them to get better and better. Jalen Hurts is cheap. And um, if – if he doesn't perform well, they can just get another one. But they're going to have money to spend elsewhere, which is the most important thing. Chargers, same thing. They'll have money to spend. Herbert looks great. And they'll probably pay him eventually. But they've earned those years of flexibility. Niners, like I said, late to... They're one of those teams that was afraid to move off Jimmy G. But they're going to have flexibility coming up here to make improvements um, as long as they don't fire uh, Shanahan and, and John Lynch. Um, Patriots look out for the Patriots in the future. It is Mac Jones can play They're They'll, they'll have money to spend and get better and better. And, and Washington, uh, they still got to, they need to get a young guy quarterback in there. They need to keep trying. You can take, Keep taking shots on goal, but um, and just keep sending a volume of picks um, to find that right quarterback that is at least good enough to carry a, a great roster, and they can they can become great. So I mean, we'll we'll see how these teams do going forward, but um, I think it's pretty predictable how these young, cheap quarterbacks 
end up having great rosters around them. And so let's get into these game picks. Um, man, week week six was was tough. Uh, a lot of interesting games. Uh, you know, Bucks Eagles. Bucks Bucks got it. Um, Jalen Hurst competed, made it close. Seahawks. I had the Seahawks winning, uh, but you know, Steelers um, beat them in overtime. Uh, I got. Dolphins Jags wrong. Jags got their first win. And um Ravens Chargers, the Ravens end up winning. That was a tough one. I had the Browns beating the Cardinals. Browns are starting to stumble a little bit. Um, but the Cardinals are rolling, so it's impressive. Raiders, they looks like they um were uh maybe their players were happy that John Gruden got fired. It it sure seemed like it uh brought that team together. And so that that's kind of a sign right there that the Raiders probably made the right decision. And um, Patriots-Cowboys, that, that was a close game. Um, Patriots competed and played well. And, uh, hey, the uh, the Cowboys pulled it off. So, And then that Bills-Titans game was epic, down to the one-yard line or one yard to go, and they stuffed uh, – Josh Allen, Titans win. That was that was amazing. I got that game wrong. So week seven picks. Let's see how they go. Let's see if I can do any better. Right now I'm 24 and 22. So I love a big week here. Broncos, Bears, or sorry, Broncos, Browns. I'll take the Browns. I just think they still have a good offensive line. They can still win the line of scrimmage. And their defense is skilled enough. I still I think they can beat the Broncos. They'll be at home. So that's a tough game to pick, but I'll take Browns. That's going to be on Thursday night. Packers, Washington. I'll take Packers. Packers are rolling. They're looking good. Rodgers is happy for now, so um, they're playing well. Uh, Chiefs, Titans. I'll take the Chiefs. That's going to be a tough game, but I think Chiefs will, will bounce back. They need to reel off some wins here. They just have too much talent not to do well. Um, Falcons, Dolphins. I'll take Falcons. Jets. Patriots, I'll take Patriots. Panthers, Giants, Panthers. Bengals, Ravens, I'll take Ravens, even though that might be a great game. I'll take the Ravens. Eagles, Raiders, I'll take Eagles. Lions, Rams, I'll take the Rams. Texans, Cardinals, Cardinals. Bears, Bucks, Bucks. Colts, Niners, Niners. Saints, Seahawks, I'll take Seahawks. I got to go with them at home. Geno will probably play, play better at home. And uh, Seahawks, they, they can make improvements, and they, they have been showing small improvements on defense. And we'll see how it keeps going. They, they're finding some some young players that are playing a little bit better, and they're gaining experience. So take Seahawks in that one. And, hey, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It sure is fun, though. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.